Hello and welcome to What a Scream, the horror movie podcast where I, your host, Green, chats with a special guest every episode about horror films. And in particular, we talk about two films that have to do with a topic that I have previously randomly chosen. Now, last week there was no episode because, to be honest, I was feeling a little bit sick and yuck. I still sound sick and yuck, so very sorry about that. But we are back this week with a fantastic episode on Thai horror. And my guest this week is Mary Beth McAndrews, the editor-in-chief at Dread Central. And together we are talking about two Thai horrors. Uh, The first one is Shutter from 2004, directed by, and please excuse my pronunciation, Directed by Banjong Pisantanukun and Park Pumwongpum. And then we are also talking about 2021's The Medium, also directed by Banjong Pisantanukun. Um, yes, so enjoy this episode on Thai horror. So I am very excited to welcome to the podcast Mary Beth McAndrews. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's Sunday afternoon here, so it's all good. It's all chilled. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself and let listeners know who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, so like you said, I'm Mary Beth McAndrews. Um, I'm editor-in-chief of Dread Central, which is a horror outlet that per, uh, we publish news, editorials, reviews, interviews. You've written for us um, all sorts <laughs> of horror stuff. I'm also co-host of the Scarred for Life podcast with Terry Menard, where we talk to directors, writers, anyone in the horror community about the film that terrified them as a kid. Uh, that's the big the big overview of who I am and what I do. Cool. Um, which I guess leads nicely into my next question is, how did you get into horror and what was the first horror film you remember seeing? So my first horror film was Jaws at the age of four. Um, oh baby no <laughs> I know it was bad so it was my um my grandfather my dad's dad was watching me and um I was the first grand I was the first grandkid um in mm-hmm. the family so everyone was like uh and um so my grandfather decided about watching me that Jaws would be a fine movie for me to watch <laughs> um and it wasn't because I was scared of tubs toilets pools like anything that was a body of water even if it was man-made I was just assumed that a shark would be in it um so I didn't go in the ocean for a long time either and fun fact he repeated the same error with my next cousin and he showed her saw which is actually worse than Jaws so I actually think I might have gotten out on that on the better side (laughs) I know after that I was like no more letting him watch the children unsupervised like this man does not understand what is age appropriate for children um so but my my dad has always been very into horror and um so I just was always watching it and I love, I, I, I was a scaredy cat as a kid, but I loved being scared. Like I never yeah. wanted to stop watching that stuff. Yeah. And then I kind of hit a, I hit a point at, like in my life where I was just like, I'm not even that scared anymore. And I just want to find like the weirdest shit out there. Yeah. And um, here we are now. <laughs> here we are present day. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I was very similar. I mean, I didn't, 
I caught like Suspiria on TV once when I was a kid and didn't know what it was, didn't know what was going on. Um, but I didn't get in, I didn't start watching horror films because I wasn't allowed as a child. I wasn't allowed to watch horror films until I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was, I was a scaredy kid as well, mainly through like reading and my own imagination. And then like you said, I when love, I, yeah. I loved reading horror too. That was yeah. like, so because my parents were divorced and my, my, my mom wouldn't let me watch horror. It was the books that yeah. I that I definitely snuck it in like Stephen King and Goosebumps and stuff yeah um but yeah and then as I got older I was like oh nothing really scares me anymore so I'm just gonna go find really fucked up shit <laughs> yep it went from like oh to like what is the most depraved thing I can find online <laughs> what is the most like depraved thing I can find and then how can I traumatize my friends by suggesting it to them exactly oh my god <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I was that friend in high school and everyone's like, you can't pick the movies anymore. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to pick what we're watching. I'm like, fine. Oh, <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our subject for today is uh, horror from Thailand. Um, what is your experience with Thai horror? So I, when when you brought this up, this topic up to me, I was super excited because uh, the movies you're talking about, I really like, and I actually don't know as much about Thai horror because there isn't a lot mm. of it. I mean, there is a decent amount, but just in like looking through, it's pretty, it's not as like common as yeah. in the, and and I think that's pretty, that in turn is pretty common, especially in Thailand and like Cambodia and Laos and, and everything. There aren't a lot of horror movies but i'm excited about the ones we're talking about because i think the ones we're talking about are some of the scariest ones and also just like talking about this makes me want to watch even more time horror movies um but i do think like they they are some incredibly terrifying ones and they do really good ghost stories thai horror films are usually incredible ghost stories too so i don't have as, as much of experience but i really love east asia like asian horror in general so being able to talk about specifically Thai horror is really cool and exciting. Yeah, I would be the same as you. I don't really know a lot about it. So when this kind of came up on my random generator, I was like, yes. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, a lot of people know about Japanese and, you know, Chinese yeah. or Hong Kong. And then South Korea, obviously, is is starting to get the same way. So when this came up, I was like, I'm ready. And these two films that we're going to talk about, I think are fantastic examples of like, the amazingness that is Thai horror. I mean, one of them is like one of my favorite subgenres of horror. And I think it's like one of the best possession films I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah. um, so let, let's get it started then. Um, would you like to introduce your choice of film? Yes. So um, I chose Shudder. <laughs> เพื่อนพี่เป็นไรมั้ยเนี่ยไอ้เหี้ยนี่ทายดีก็มึงเก่งทายเสียก็ว่ากูล้างไม่ดีท่านดูนี่สิคุณจะเชื่อหรือเป
the 2004 film by Bajong Pasanthanakun and Park Palm Wangpum. They co-directed it. And also Bajong Pasanthanakun. I apologize if I am pronouncing it incorrectly. He also directed The Medium. He is a pretty prolific Thai horror filmmaker. Um, I actually really want to see. There's a film he did called um, Pimok, I believe. And that's Mm -hmm. supposed to be like a horror comedy and one of like the highest grossing films in Thai history, apparently. Yeah. So I'm, but anyway, Shudder. Shudder's from 2004. And after hitting a young woman with her car, um, a young woman named Jade and her photographer boyfriend, Tun, begins seeing a shadowy figure in the background of his photographs. And they're um, concerned that the figure is a vengeful spirit of the woman that they hit. Um, but they do some research and they find out that this young girl. Uh, was a classmate of Toon, and there are a lot of creepy secrets and yeah. horrifying reveals that uh, are that occur as they do more digging as to what is happening. But very much the Ghost in the Photographs film that was adapted in, into the 2008 mm-hmm. American film that is not very good. So if you saw that <laughs> and didn't like it, don't fret. The Thai version is better. And I think Especially um, this case, like the adaptation was in 2008 and that was right when like The Ring and a lot of those like Japanese adaptations were were hitting. So I think a lot of people might have assumed that Shudder originally was Japanese Mm -hmm. because, you know, audiences maybe don't critically (laughs) thinking and things like that. But I think that I don't think Thailand gets enough credit for like this movie. And it also better got adapted into like a telugu film a hindi film like there were a lot of adaptations of this movie um because of like that ghost in the photograph kind of like creepy pretty Mm -hmm. simple um like simple premise for the most part but the scares and the way that it's executed is chef's kiss yeah i i obviously like you said it came out around the same time as like the ring the grudge uh the eye i think was another one that was kind of oh yeah yeah one is call that's it yeah and uh, joshua jackson was in the remake and i <laughs> i had a stupid crush on joshua jackson <laughs> look who didn't though i totally <laughs> forgot he was in this i was looking it up i'm like god damn he was such a heartthrob like he was yeah i'm sorry can i cur- can i curse yes yes, yes yes okay perfect okay <laughs> <laughs> um and so unfortunately because like probably yourself you have such a massive to be watched list i was always like okay i want to go back and watch the original shutter but it just kind of gets pushed to the way so i'm really glad it came to this and you know what because i was expecting like american shutter i was really nicely surprised about this it is so creepy and like even when the ghost is revealed and the actual visage of the ghost it's so scary like it's so scary so scary (laughs) like we're used to a lot of asian horror with like the female ghost like the long black hair and we can't really see their face but this is like you see the face and it is so freaky like that's gonna haunt my nightmares for a while well, they, like, really, like, that's what I love about this movie, too, is, like, it's not just, like, they we're so used to, like, the ethereal ghostly woman who, yeah. like, even in death is beautiful and, like, we, we can unpack that for 20 million years. Yeah. But here, like, she obviously is still, like, a be- like, you know, you can still see a beautiful woman, but, like, there is, like, nasty makeup and she looks dead. It's not just, like, a what is that? It's a, like, this is a corpse. <laughs> like, this is definitely a... <laughs> A, a woman who has been dead and there isn't a fear of like roughing her up a bit and showing the ghost and showing the spirit 
and it's yeah. so good and the aesthetic of this yeah. movie I think hits that very like kind of that era of like dark greenish bluish mm. like but in this I don't know just like the, some of the shots in this movie are just so good and yeah anyway <laughs> yeah and even the human side of it like when we're not looking at the super obviously we're looking at kind of like how she came to be but the human side of it was so fucking yeah. disturbing like it was a, a level of disturbing i didn't realize that this film would kind of show so like you said the the boyfriend ton we find out that the ghost is attached to him because it's an ex-girlfriend that got really obsessed with him and unfortunately he's friends were absolute assholes and assaulted her and that's kind of how she died and that's why she's now attached to Tom and is also killing his friends um and that was so disturbing for me like that just that I just was not expecting it well it's like one of those things especially like you're watching a 2004 like East like not East Asian pardon me but Asian horror movie and you're like okay it's got a ghost it's that's terrifying but then when it takes it to that next level of like human depravity yeah. and like this group of kid uh, this group of young men raped this woman and mm-hmm. Tun took pictures of it and yeah. they and it's just like I think in a lot of these vengeful ghost movies we see it's always it's almost always like a woman wronged by men but here especially I feel like they take it to like the next level in terms of and it's just it is so disturbing and I I do love a movie that makes you go I support the ghost now (laughs) like I support her mission yeah yeah that's what I was gonna say about this it really kind of flips the whole like antagonist protagonist thing like on its head because I mean granted even if it was the ghost of the lady they hit the the main the leads they're still assholes for like doing a hit oh yeah but when when we get into it a bit further you're like oh my god these are terrible people they deserve everything they get (laughs) i love a good movie that like just tells you how bad the people are and just continues to show you like just how terrible they are and you're like oh yeah no and again like it's the her it's ton who's like oh just leave the girl there like poor girlfriend gets dragged into boyfriend's bullshit in this movie i swear but again like i think the way it's set up is you're like okay he's bad but you know he just made a mistake and then at the end it's like oh yeah he made a mistake but actually it's incredibly inexcusable and i love that this kind of format of like almost a rape revenge movie you know what i mean like rape revenge from beyond the grave and you don't really know that until close to the end but i just I love those kinds of those narratives like yeah. feminine rage from the grave is an interest of mine yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons yeah. I love this movie so much yeah definitely um so I kind of picked up on it about kind of almost see I liked it but I thought perhaps like the the portrayal of of the ex-girlfriend was a little bit of like damaging stereotypes that like this woman yeah. becomes obsessed with a man and you know because all yeah. women are obsessed with men and I was like oh is that you know like a, a damaging portrayal of women or perhaps women within this society because you know a lot of the time in Asian cultures especially from say western perception women are meant to be subservient in you know quotation marks yeah and I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that particular character yeah so that that is like that's another thing in this movie that it's like I try to turn a blind eye to but at the uh, blind eye but like the other thing yeah. is also to me like how true is it yeah like you know it's a lot of the time 
and as someone who was in like a terrible relationship with a guy who had like a similar kind of like attitude of like oh yeah she was obsessed with me she was yeah. terrible and you always wonder like how true was that because we're only yeah. getting and like I know in the movie like they talk about it a lot but it's always like in back of my head I'm always like mm, but how true is that yeah. but regardless of that in 2004 different time mm-hmm. it is I think it's like almost like this. Well, you know, of course, like it almost like tries to make her the bad guy and excuse yeah. any of that behavior. And it is regressive. And I think it is mm. such an easy scapegoat in films to dump that on women of like, yeah. she's obsessed with me. And like, what does that even mean? Like, what do you yeah. mean obsessed with you? Like, she double texted you. I know it's again 2004, <laughs> but it does, you know, lend to that whole like women are crazy and also. Yeah. Put, like builds that internalized misogyny that you know other women have against women like oh it's fine we can treat other women like crap if they did this and yeah but there again like I said there's always that nagging thing in your head of like but how true is that narrative yeah like outside of his perspective you know what I mean yeah exactly I mean she could have been like obviously she was really depressed and had kind of these kind of issues and he was just like let me implant myself into this and make me the center of it (laughs) yeah and like and obviously like threatening suicide is such a manipulative tactic Mm. that a lot of abusers use so and 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 having this character use that it is so like uh, like in in, in, especially now and and in 2004 you're like hmm that doesn't, that sets my teeth on it definitely sets your teeth on edge a little bit when you're like this is definitely made in 2004 yeah um, <laughs> yes but who's obsessed with who now <laughs> well I just I just love this like you know like you were saying about you know perhaps he's an unreliable narrator and that you know perhaps she just wasn't that obsessed maybe she was just had her own shit going on or you know whatever maybe she just yeah. loved him because uh, <laughs> apparently these men can't tell the difference um but I just love that then kind of at the end we learned that her spirit has been sitting on his shoulders and she's it's, like you think I was obsessed back then <laughs> it's just the best reveal to me I, I just remember like I love this movie, but then that last moment, I was like, that just, like, is the cherry on top mm. of, like, just realizing that she is literally baggage on top of him. And it's just so good. Like, yeah. just, it, it is one of my favorite reveals. And I think that they botched that reveal in the in the, the remake, mm. I will say. I don't think it's as impactful. Yeah. Um, but here, I was when I first saw this, I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that's what you get." Yeah. And yeah, I know, like, like, it's such a it's such a literal interpretation of like yeah. your baggage on your shoulders. But I don't yeah. care because I think yeah. it's, I look like, it's so creepy, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't run from your past because it's literally on your shoulders. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> love it. Um, so would you recommend Shutter to horror fans? Absolutely. I think it's a really, I think it's a really good kind of gateway into Thai horror, especially with this director. This is his first movie and he really goes on. Mm. Well, he and his partner Park Poom Wong Poom, um, but Bajan goes on to make a lot of really incredible Thai films, including the one that you brought. So I think that this is the place to start and I think this is also one of the easier Thai films to find mm, yeah. I will say in trying to find Thai films to watch they're all a little they're harder to access they're not as <laughs> yeah. many available which is a bummer but hopefully if more people start expressing interest we can get more but yeah 
yeah I definitely highly would. recommend yeah <laughs> I definitely would as well I think like I mean not only is it accessible but it's also an easy film to kind of get yourself into the tie you know yeah it's, it's not heavy on the folklore it's not heavy on like cultural background which is a good introduction to be like okay now I'm going to go into the folklore and I'm going to go into the cultural background which is exactly what my choice is it's very very heavy on the folklore so I chose 2021's The Medium <laughs> Mainly because when this came out, I was just blown away by it. Like, I, I love this film so hard. Um, so it is, as I said, 2021, Thai and South Korean mockumentary style horror film. Um, co-written and produced by Na Hong Jin, who is um, the director of The Wailing, which is a massive South Korean mm. film. And also directed by Ban Jong Pisan. Hisanthanakan, oh, I don't know how that's pronounced. I hope I hope I didn't butcher it too much. Who, like you said, did Shutter? Um, it is based around this documentary crew that he's interviewing Nim, who is a medium shaman who is possessed by the spirit of Bayan, who is a goddess. Um, and it was meant of originally meant to be her sister Noi, but Noi refused and joined the Christian faith instead, and so it got transported to Nim. Now, after attending the funeral of Noi's um, husband, she starts to notice that her niece is acting more and more weird. Um, Mink starts kind of exhibiting a lot of different personalities. She's not doing so well with her job. She starts to get like abdominal pains and bleeding and her condition basically deteriorates and they are trying to figure out whether it is the goddess that is going to transfer herself into mink or whether it's something a lot more sinister i absolutely adore this movie it was gonna be my choice but then you picked it so i was like (laughs) because i i mean i think this is like right now the pinnacle of what thai horror Mm. thai horror and like the shining example right now um like and like thank god for shudder not shutter shudder yeah. <laughs> for creating this movie and like we're both found footage freaks yeah so um this i was so excited when i heard thai found footage slash studio documentary i was so excited because mm-hmm. those like at any non-western found footage i'm a, i love because i just love yeah. to see how other other like places utilize the format and this is like the most incredible look at both like possession that's not christian based yeah but also this really incredible story about this woman and then it's completely subverted halfway through when you think she's our main character and this is a this is one of those rare movies that the runtime i think it's over two hours and i i will i i 
I love that it's long. I think it needs to be, in my opinion. I think that there's so much happening context-wise, and it weaves this, like, epic story in a way that found footage doesn't often do. And it's just so impressive, especially to that finale, like, the wild finale. But every beat of this movie is just so well done, and it's so beautifully shot. And I think just gives such a rich kind of like context um, to like parts of Thai religious belief and folklore, but also it's just like fucking scary. Yes. <laughs> like just yeah. creepy gets yeah. under your skin. Yeah. So when it came out, a lot of people kind of gave out about the running time. They were like, it's far too long. Like, yes. It needs to be like, it's a document. It's, it's a documentary and like yeah. a documentary about that that goes this batshit crazy is gonna be about two hours long and i but it doesn't feel like two hours long like no to me it doesn't and this is someone who gets bored really easily and really quickly like and i just i just love this film so much it's so like i am obsessed with possession films that is like my number one subgenre of horror and oh, cool. but i i get i get quite bored about like typical christian possession like it gets so boring and so when a film comes out that's not about christian possession i go wild for it. like i absolutely love it and this one even though it follows a very similar kind of narration where we've got a young woman or a girl that might be acting outside of what is expected of her or is going against tradition and so she's kind of represented as possessed i just feel like this was so scary like the bit where they set up the night cameras and she's going around the kitchen. That freaked me it's, the fuck out. It's well, and it's such a good use of those techniques. You see in found footage were like cause pseudo documentary can like mockumentary, whatever you want to call it can like, you know, you have a little bit more freedom to kind of switch around like the different kinds of like camera cameras you're using and, I think we see so much of that like static security camera kind of footage in films like Paranormal Activity. And I love that they used it here, but it like, just like such terrifying effect of like her creeping around and you can't really see her sometimes. And then you can, it just plays with it's well. And the, the woman who plays Mink is so creepy too. Like she's so scary and is so good with her physicality and her facial expressions yeah. when she's possessed. Like, I'm like, are you really possessed for real? <laughs> like, you're just, the, like, her entire mannerisms and the way that she embodies that character's transformation is so fucking creepy. And it's so good. Well, and I also like seeing this as, like, she's, like, a working woman. And it's not just, like, a rich white girl who, like, or, like, a girl on a farm who is, like, in a white you know, it's just like a girl in like a white nightgown. And we see that a little bit. I think we see that a little bit in this. But it's always like she's in a white nightgown and she's sweaty. And here it's just like it's a longer kind of transfig possession for her. And I think that is like such an interesting thing to see her like trying to go to work. And then she has sex with someone at work. And it's like this really it's an interesting kind of take on the doubt, like kind of the downward spiral that she's going through. Um yeah, because we don't usually see it as much with like adult women who are not like confined to the home. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. yeah. There's another bit in it that kind of it's kind of I don't want to say funny, but it's kind of creepy. At the same time, they go <laughs> her and her friend go to like a a kids play area, 
and she's almost behaving childlike and then she's like yeah. knocking all the little kids over um and she's also obsessed with, like the kids shoes in the the parade that she's doing for christmas and it's just it's... something about like grown women acting like little children just freaks me out <laughs> Yeah, well, again, like like you said, like not acting like the way you're supposed to, but like not acting like demure and like a certain, and especially because there is this like association with her and the goddess potentially, and like not acting that way. And it's like, what are you doing? You're completely going against expectation in such a terrifying, creepy way. And I think that adds to like the creep factor of it all. Yeah, so much. Yeah. So this film really doesn't shy away from quite controversial things like where we've got animal cruelty, um, we've got incest, um, genocide, which kind of comes into it as well. Like it's pretty full on. It's pretty like exactly. And I feel like especially there's like that turning point where they're doing the cleansing, the cleansing ceremony and they're like left alone for a little like a couple days and they come back like what's going on here and our our nim who has been like our kind of our voice of reason slash our like our sort of topic of the of the of the documentary is fucking dead and i love so i love when horror movies are like kill your darlings type things when we're ready to just like say this is not what you expected and i love that subverting expectations because we say like i mean the movie we're with nim for a good portion and she is prepped to be kind of like our christian priest guy who saves the day kind of thing like and i love that again i love that because this is a very kind of like matriarchal focused film she is a leader like a religious leader in this for this particular for this very particular um like um because she's a shaman and like you said banyan the local goddess so i'm not sure what religion it would be considered if it's just like a local religion i just don't want to um regardless like she is a religious leader for this community who believe in banyan and she's not necessarily a white uh priest having a crisis in faith but rather she's trying to like continue on the line and we do get this like really incredible story of a re- woman in a religious position who's like talking about her family and her birthright and kind of just like how she's trying to do right by her family and like the goddess. And then that gets absolutely destroyed. And I and it's that to me like really hints at the nihilism of this movie because as we like you said, as it keeps going and we find out <laughs> all of the like incest and genocide and like just atrocities and it's just like you can't run from that and I just oh man I love a good nihilistic movie especially like this where you're like okay I can see where this is going and it's like just kidding yeah (laughs) yeah I really love the mystery element to it because it takes so many twists and you know originally you're like okay it's the goddess but then Nim is like no like it wouldn't you wouldn't act this way if it was the goddess and then they're like maybe it's Mac who is haunting her who is her dead brother who apparently they had an incestuous relationship um and then they're like no it's not that it must be a devil or a demon and then it's like no it's not that you're just like oh my god like it's just but and I love that so much because well because like I mean like what how are we to fucking know what's going on in the cosmic universe of whatever is happening? Like, it's just, I love that whole, just like, here are all the things that could be. And it's like, just, I just, I love when everyone is wrong over and over again too. Like, again, that leads to that kind of nihilism. Cause I feel like 
in so many possession movies like oh yep that is exactly the demon and they get it like right away and you're like there's no way you would know that quickly and this one really does like you said it's a mystery like it leads you on that kind of everyone is so desperate because like nim is just wasting away not nim pardon me mink is like wasting away in her room and they're locking her in there like what do we do and there is that kind of desperation but i think like you see in the, I think the exorcist is that desperation really well. And I think this movie does that desperation of like, it's not just like, oh, we'll quickly get a priest here. It's like, this is a weeks, months long, just like battle. And I think this really gets those stakes like so well. And again, with the length, I think the length really helps you understand like the stakes of what's going on here. Yeah um so what what do you think is kind of like the subtext behind the medium do you think there is any or do you think it's pretty much straightforward possession uh, see i there's no such thing as possession without subtext i feel like you know what i mean like i feel like possession always has a million things of subtext around it but with this one I think it's hard for me to say because I feel like a lot of it's very cultural and as being a white woman, I think it's a little bit harder for me to parse that subtext. Um, but I mean, like, I just, I really think there is a lot of really interesting things going on here about like faith and how it's, how faith is complicated. I think is the thought of this, like a lot of things going on here. It's like, it's not so cut and dry, I think. And I think that it's this discussion of what happens when you have a crisis of faith and like, that to me is a lot of like what's going on here is like that discussion and kind of trying to have a nuanced look at believing in something and what that means to believe in something and how maybe believing in that thing isn't always like the end all be all and how having faith isn't perhaps always like going to save you which is a lot of like possession movie but here there isn't like a happy ending you know like there isn't like the god will save you god is coming to help it's more like <laughs> sorry <laughs> you, can have your faith. you can have your faith and you can do it all you want but like sometimes you just like can't outrun yeah yeah what about yeah. you um i kind of took from it this idea of intergenerational and kind of handed down tradition slash trauma so yeah. we see in the character of noise she was originally meant to be the the vessel of bayan and she denied it and then became christian rather than i think they're i think it's a buddhist type of faith that you know yeah. she kind of rejected and, and became so it's this almost like a punishment i mean she says it in it she's like it's my fault it's my fault my daughter is it's my fault that nim's dead and it's my fault that my daughter is now possessed because i denied my tradition and you know my ancestral tradition um yeah. and then but then we've also got the fact that it's not actually her fault it's the husband's side of the family it's actually their fault yeah they committed this genocide against people and it is now the spirits of those people who has possessed mink and it's almost like well he denied and tried to cover up or you know his family denied and tried to cover up that history um and now it's coming forward into the future or into the present sorry um and is affecting his children and so I think it's this really interesting thing of like, yes, we move on from the past, but we shouldn't forget it and we shouldn't try to deny it because it will always fuck up future generations. Well, and there's also this whole thing of like, there's this matriarch, it's a matriarchal, like her family is matriarchal, mm. but then it's the father's side, like the patriarchal side. And I think it does have this kind of thought of like the, like the like patriarchal control continuing 
yeah to affect families and particularly the women in these families yeah. and kind of like the the poison of patriarchal control I think yeah. you can kind of see that too yeah that's um, definitely a good just, shout yeah yeah which is like definitely warrant because like I mean there's I I want it like the, there's like the Bayan is a goddess and there's like this goddess focused side of like the maternal side of her family and there is such like a feminine energy there but then of course like the father's evil kind of like butts up against that in a way yeah. and yeah. kind of cancels it out yeah and there is I think something interesting going on there with like patriarchy and matriarchy and like that yeah. battle that goes yeah. on there. And I definitely think with the character of the uncle as well, the uncle's kind of involved because obviously they all live together. And yeah. he's kind of painted as like a bit of a, a bit of a twit. Like, you know, he goes yeah. out drinking and there's one point where I think it's Nim, I can't remember if it's Nim or Noi, go to him like, what are you doing? You have a wife and a child at home. Like, get the fuck home. Like, get out of the pub. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see this like male-female dynamic and, you know, how, how the movie uh, makers have chosen to portray that um on different levels of course and especially like as well because well, it, it's first introduced as like a, a curse on the males in the family isn't it that they all die a horrible death yeah exactly yeah exactly because then because that's like her brother dies that like horrible yeah exactly and i also think it's interesting because we talked about like gender and shutter and then now gender and the medium and it definitely feels like uh bajong has matured in um like gender representation and uh, you know again time passes but it, it is cool to see him get a little bit more nuanced like in those like gender dynamics and like and how it goes from like you know some pretty like shutter is great but it, it operates in a lot of those like horror stereotypes it's like the girlfriend the dumb boyfriend like the obsessive girlfriend we see that all the time but it seems like he really does like work on it and the story i mean the story is by and the, the screenplay is by na hong jin it's not Bajong, but still, it's really interesting to see like his work mature, and then also him yeah. working with the Nahong Jin script, who did the Wailing, which I love, yeah. which is a rather really awesome possession movie yeah. that is not Christian, yeah. and like seeing all of, I don't know, it's it's cool to see that and like the evolution of a filmmaker and what they're yeah. making. Yeah, definitely. Um, so would you recommend the medium to horror fans? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're going to watch any Thai horror movie, watch this one. Don't let the, don't let the, pardon me, two hour runtime deter you. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening here that you need to see. It's mm. all worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good exploration of the Thai folklore and Thai culture, but it's also fucking scary. Like, it's, it's yeah. scary. It's like, scary. And like yeah. the ending it, it, everything is scary but the ending especially is just like this incredible exorcism set piece yeah. that if you've seen the wailing you have seen exorcism yeah. set pieces this one is different but also just as terrifying and mm. creepy and on a big scale in a way yeah. that i love in fa- seeing in found footage and yeah. yeah yeah and it also like the very very end scene i find quite sad because it it finishes on um nim's last interview with the the crew and she's basically going through a crisis of faith and she's like maybe i wasn't possessed by the goddess you know maybe that was all in my head and it's just it's such a sad thing to kind of end on and to kind of like you said just to be really nihilistic about it and be like well maybe religion is all kind of you know yeah exactly like it is Mm. and I think this movie 
doesn't give you answers either. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's so many cosmic forces, however you want to think about it going on here. And I think that's also what I love about it in terms of like folklore. Like, you don't know exactly. You know, something really screwy is going on. And like, we know that we kind of know what's going on with, we figure out what's going on with Mink, but like, is Bayon real? Like, maybe? Or is it like there is a lot of really interesting stuff going on in terms of like what is actually happening what is not like what supernatural thing is actually real here and what isn't and I think leaving that ambiguity again makes it such a good possession film in terms of this isn't just like a a battle of good versus evil this is like much more complicated than that yeah definitely so if someone came to you and were like i only have time for one thai horror film um which one out of the two films would you recommend over the other Ooh, um so i'm gonna say the medium because i think while it's a newer one i think it gives you a lot more context about thai folklore um thai beliefs and i think it's operating in much less like kind of western convention and while you know you while maybe it's the shutter is a more kind of accessible one in terms of like story beats i think if you really want to experience like a thai horror film i think the meat out of these two the medium is the way to go in my opinion yeah, I would agree. Um, although I would kind of persuade people, perhaps like we did, to do a double bill of it because I cannot get that ghost out of my head. Like it was so yeah. freaky. <laughs> look, I look double feature, double feature it. It's and then start looking out for some other Thai horror films and let me let us know too. I feel like if there's any other films we should watch because I really I am curious because I think they they do ghost stories really well and oh, I gotcha. love a good yeah. ghost story yeah so definitely okay um so before we finish up I always ask my guests what is your favorite horror film what is my favorite horror film it just I feel like it changes so much but I think the one that I'm gonna go with that pops into my head Lake Mungo which is Australian um pseudo documentary about a girl who dies and the mystery behind not the mystery like, it's not the mystery behind her death but there it's like a ghost story and a story about grieving families and it's just like it's really sad and then it's also really creepy and there's just so much going on in this movie in terms of story and grief and the supernatural and I just think it's so beautifully done so yeah plus it has That's- one of the best jump scares in it that no matter how many times I watch it it gets me every time <laughs> It's just so it, like it's it's haunting. It's like one of those movies that really like gets into your head that you think like, oh, this is just like what is this, and then it really gets into yeah. your head. So yeah, no, it's it's one of my favorite uh, found footage films. I absolutely love it, love it. Um, thank you so much for coming on and chatting Thai horror with me. Um, where can people find you on social media? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, You can find me on Twitter at MB McAndrews. You can find Dread Central on all the socials at Dread Central. And you can find Scarred for Life podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. So that was my chat there with Mary Beth McAndrews about horror from Thailand. And we chatted about 2021's The Medium, as well as 2004's Shutter. 
so let me know what did you think of this week's episode do you enjoy Thai horror uh, what Thai horror films have you enjoyed let us know on twitter at what underscore scream on instagram at what a scream you can also rate review subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to me on and coming out also this week is um, the next episode of Movies, Murder and Mayhem, where myself and my co-host will be talking about the true crime, the true stories and the true horror behind two horror films. We are chatting about the true story behind the horror film Orphan, as well as the town that inspired Silent Hill. Um, so keep an ear out for that. That will be launching as well this week. Um, so as ever... I hope you're staying horrific and goodbye.